pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Welcome to Offloads and Outbursts, a show by Draft Rugby. This is season seven, episode three. Uh, I'm your host, Kagi, and I'm joined by both Harry and Nelson, my co-hosts. And lads, Super Rugby Pacific is back. How good and how much do we enjoy all the action of round one over the weekend? Mate, it was really good. Um, (laughs) Fantastic. I've had a great weekend. Love watching the footy. How good is it to be back? Sorry for all those that don't see it on YouTube. I was just taking the mickey out of Kagi, constantly looking at his screen, which it looks like he's put on his roof. Um, but yeah, no, it was very good. Great to see so much footy back, particularly the chefs and DMAC run chefs who were just untouchable until he went off. And I would say the only disappointment was the Tartars not getting up. Indeed. Nels, what were your thoughts? It's just good to to have rugby back. I'm, I'm, I'm very keen. It's been a tough year or was a tough year for, for Wallabies fans. So to, to have a fresh year, I think that's a, a big positive for us and, there was some good footy and, I mean, good crowd played up in Queensland, so that's a really good thing as well. Yep, how good. And, uh, look, if for those astute listeners out there, you might have noticed that uh, there was a slightly different introduction there, uh, the offloads and outbursts. We did throw out a poll there, throwing around a few names. <laughs> Nelson will try to claim credit for most of them, but it was really chat GPT. Um, but some great names out there. The, um, the one we picked, I actually came up with. It was the only one. Actually, no, I came up with ones for World Wannabes as well, so... Sure, mate. How can you prove that? Uh, you can't. So um, it was ChatGPT. But um, no, look, we, we, we've we been potting here at the Draft Rugby Show for about seven years now. And whilst the, certainly, uh, the show has certainly evolved over those seven years, we've decided to change it up. Uh, and we're trialing somewhat of a new format, something fresh, new, exciting, a bit more fun, something a little bit less prep. And hopefully, as we've always aspired to over many, many years, a lot shorter episodes than our usual one to two hour blowouts. So, um, look, what we, we're certainly sticking with our tried and tested format of uh, the entree, main course and dessert, which was forged in uh, our early days of trying to shovel down some dinner as we were finishing notes and often starting the podcast. Um, but it's all, all, I think it's been pretty good. Um, and so instead of uh, doing a round review, Super Rugby round review, uh, previewing the next round and then a topical kind of dessert segment, uh, we're going to trial a couple of new segments. A few yeah. that... Yeah. Should we tell them what we're not doing or should we just tell them what we're doing? Mate, just for those new listeners joining us, you know. Um, Mate, just let's get to it. For the completeness. All right, well, what, what are we doing? All right, let's get into tonight's show. So tonight's show, um, for Entree, we're going to introduce some new segments. We're going to start with a very exciting Who Am I? Uh, I'm excited to see who Nelson's got for that. We're going to dive into some player news from round one of Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, in, in our main course, we're going to look at players in focus. We've all picked a player of the round. Uh, we're going to discuss them. Uh, we're going to look at uh, activity around the ground, other players that stood out and other storylines, and uh, a segment this week that I'm excited about, props at pace. We had some fantastic prop play over the weekend. Uh, and then into dessert, uh, some rucks and rants. Uh, we're going to talk about things like smart mouth guards, uh, some other interesting things that happened, and um, looking at some ranting about some disallowed tries and whatnot. So um, let's just get into it. Uh, Nelson, do you want to take us away with with this long-awaited uh, Who Am I segment? I, I had an idea for the rules here, right, because you're obviously just going to rattle out, like, bullet point by bullet point. I think if one person jumps in and gets it wrong, the next person should get one more bullet point before they have to guess rather than you only get one crack. And then once you've had that that opportunity with an extra point, then we both go to go on back to have a crack again. Okay. Do you want that? So, uh, yeah, and I think you're, you've got to use your name as a buzzer. All right, sounds good. That, that way people might figure out who Kagi is. Um, that would be a good thing for the fans. Um, so, boys, are, you, are we both ready? I'm ready. Yes. Can we test the buzzers? People like I. Oh, mate, I thought you had a Valium, but look at that energy, mate. You're, you're picking it up. That's good. I like it. Damien right, McKenzie. So... <laughs> That's not my guess. That's just my name. So I debuted for my third Super Rugby team on the weekend, now having been part of four Super Rugby sides. No, hold on. 
Wait, debuted for your third side, but you've been part of four. Interesting. Okay. Yep. I haven't got it yet, so let's go. Yeah. My Super Rugby debut was for the Blues back in 2019. And I debuted for the All Blacks. Can you say an answer? I Yeah, he's wrong. And I debuted for the All Blacks 15 in 2022. So this is my guess only, right? So okay, so all all blacks twenty fifteen two years ago just debuted for his third team. Um, are they all Kiwi teams? Did you say that? I can tell you. Oh, I can tell you the teams. Next it, hint. Jermaine no, Angley. No, no, he's guessing on this hint, mate. That's not it, boys. Uh, I am of Samoan and Fijian heritage. I am also eligible for the All Blacks and Wallabies. I'm actually like completely drawing a blank right now. <laughs> in 20, all back two years ago. In 2023, I was the third, I had the third most tackle busts with 71 in Super Rugby Pacific. Damien McKenzie. Yeah, I surely can just get this now. Come on. <laughs> well, it's not Levi. Uh, it's going to be. Finlay Christie? What? Third most tackle bust, Finlay Christie? Yeah, no, that, Harry, that's, that's a bit of a but... You're high, mate. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Levi Amua. Correct. Ding ding ding. Yeah, but when he debuted for the All Blacks, All Blacks fifteen. All Blacks fifteen. Oh, Keep that's up. What threw me for a loop. So he was back in the Chiefs in 2018, Blues 2019, Moana 22, 23, and now Crusaders 2024. Well, I battled then. That took me longer than it should have, but very good. That was a good one. I've got. We'll do mine and then we'll do Kagi's. It's so let's, let's just hear your uh, hear your buzzer. My one. Yeah. Gamble. Very good. All right. <laughs> the Kagi same rule the blind mate. Come on, you're gonna get one back here. All right. I was just about to read the name because it's at the top of the list, but I won't do that. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's the same. We were all coming up with one, so I'm gonna, I'm thinking of what my one is now. Uh, no, no, no. You got to pay attention. Come on. Mate. <laughs> all right. Born on the 12th of October, 1995. I played for the Australian under-20 side in 2014 and 15, and I captained them in 2015. Played for the New South Wales Country Eagles, 2014 to 17. This is a long time. I then played and made my debut for the Waratahs in 2016. Yeah, Yeah. No way, this is so wrong. This is a bad guess, but I have to do it now. Uh, I was just going to say Tom, Tom Robertson. He was nowhere near a captain, I'm sure. It's... <laughs> no, it wasn't Tom Robinson. So the next record, the, the next hint, I'm pretty sure would have given Nelson the answer. So Kagi gets this one unopposed. So in 2014, I broke the record for the most under-20s Rugby World Cup tries in a tournament with 10 tries, surpassing both Julian Sevilla and Zach Guildford. Um, Nelson, do you know the answer? So repeat that last one. In, in the under-20s? In the under-20s, he broke the record for the most tries in the tournament. He got 10 tries surpassing Julian Sevilla and Zach Guildford. And it was Aussie under-20s, right? Yes. Plays for the Tars in 2016 to 18. New South Wales Country Eagles, 2014 to 17. Born 1995. There you hint. Well, I'm just thinking it's... Andrew Kellaway, but uh, that's correct. Andrew Kellaway. I thought that two guesses ago. <laughs> I thought that was. I actually pushed that hint lower because I thought that would have just given Nelson straight away because we chatted about it so much when he was coming through. But yeah, when you said Waratahs around that period, that's where I was thinking. But I just, I was like, did he captain the under twenties? I couldn't remember that. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he captained the other. 20s. I thought that was a curveball to be honest. But he then went to Northampton Saints. 2018-19, played a season in Counties Manukau, a season in the Green Rockets in 2021, made his debut for the Wallabies in 2021, and he's been at the Rebels since 2020. Mm. Very interesting. He's coming to the Tars next year. And back at the Tars, that's right, to win his title finally. Um, All right, so Kagi, you've been preparing for this moment? Um, 
I think we might have to skip me because I otherwise yeah, mine's, mine's going to be really, really easy. Otherwise, um, no, 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 it's all right. We didn't actually expect you to do one. I just thought it was going to be funnier to throw you under the bus because not tonight. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very good. It's like Correct. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> going to be player of the twenty twenty four season. Uh, no. <laughs> all right, uh, let's push on. Stitch up, boys. Um, all right, so that was uh, our inaugural Who Am I, which I thought was very successful, and I think we'll continue on with that. And now, onto some player news. Um, what kind of player news do we have for round one, Harry? So, basically, just trying to rattle off a few of the big injuries. Damian McKenzie, I think there's a lot of concern about him. He came off with a rib injury. They've said that it is not serious and he will be fit for round two, although he will be sore. So, we're expecting him to get an absolute belting in that game. Uh, the Crusaders fly half, Revez Rayana, in that tackle from Sam Penny Finau, has damaged his AC joint. So, he won't be playing this week, and we're not sure how many weeks yet that he'll be out for, but it doesn't sound too good there. And um, some expert, expert physio knowledge, uh, AC joint types injuries, uh, both applies to both the lads. Uh, what are we thinking? Yeah, it just really depends on how bad they are. They can be very severe. They, that open, like, hitting, tackling mechanism is not a common one. Normally people do it by landing on the point of their shoulder. So because of that, you'd, you'd suggest it's harder to have a really high-grade injury, not to say it's not possible, but, you know, a grade one, if they're being conservative with him, he'd be a week or two. And if it's a, a, a kind of grade two, which, you know, can keep going, but a grade two would be, I would think, the highest it would be, which would be probably four to six weeks, depending on how well he bounces back. Excellent. And I was asking that 50% for the listeners and 50% for my fantasy team. I figured that was it, yeah. Um Quinn Tapia came off with a concussion, so he'll go through protocols. Um, he won't be flying over to Australia, so he won't play either. Uh, to Mighty Williams, who you uh, are going to talk about a little bit later, um, when props do get up to pace, pace uh, props with pace, they normally tear their hamstring quite significantly. Um, so we don't know how long he's out for yet, but that sounds pretty disastrous and might not be back for some time. Um, and then rounding off the Kiwis, Dalton Papali, he came off with a minor injury, but we're not sure too much how severe that is. Um, on the Aussie side of things, Parisi concussed, uh, Taniela Tupo injured his hand, uh, managed to play on, but looked very, very uncomfortable. He did say after the game that he, his hand was numb, so that never gives me that much confidence that it's actually okay. So I'm concerned that we're going to hear some story coming out saying that he actually fractured a, bone in his, fractured a bone in his hand and that might cost him four weeks or something like that. But um, to be confirmed, so I've just told people, you know, watch this space. Um, equally, Rodder, small quad injury, got pulled late. I'd say if they were saying he was touch and go for round one, they're either completely lying or it's a one- or two-week low-grade injury. Um, for Ketty, they've had good news on his neck from his CT scans, and I think they haven't released what they said about the MRI yet, so hopefully that one's not too severe. Um, Marley Pierce, we, most people would have heard about have a four-week uh, ban by now for that high tackle on Geordie Barrett where he broke his own nose. Um, and then finally, uh, I've got Fluke, um, had a minor injury, but was apparently sighted after the game quite walking quite well. So hopefully nothing severe there. And Salib um, uh was actually looking quite bad, quite sore after the game. So just some concern that maybe he's done something through his hammy there. But again, nothing confirmed yet. I think that's just Suli, isn't it? I was going to say the Ferrari the, with the hammies that never work, mate. Yeah. yeah that's Haven't it. been filling up with Supreme Petrol or whatever it is, you know? Okay, E10. Um, yeah, the other ones are yeah, Harry touched on. Obviously, Marley Pierce, he's got his four weeks for that that head clash. Uh, I mean, there was definitely mitigation. It doesn't seem to be considered. Um, the, I mean, they, they rolled the wheel of fortune for, for this one, and it wasn't three weeks, which really is quite amazing, seeing as the last 40 in a row, I think, have been three weeks. So it's quite impressive. He must have done something very malicious, which we haven't seen in the last year or two. Or he just didn't, he might not have pleaded not guilty, which obviously gives you a week off as well. Yeah, yeah he, he didn't plead not guilty. They they accepted it. The other one was uh, just just a bit of fun is uh, Richie Moanga starred for the brave Lucas uh, while his Crusaders lost their first round matchup. Second year in a row they've lost their first round matchup. Um, every year in the last few years that they've lost their first round matchup, they uh, have still won Super Rugby. So it doesn't really matter. Um, and Lupus, uh, they beat Matt Phillips Eagles 27 to 7. Moanga had one try, six tackle busts. 
104 meters of six runs and two line breaks. Quite so, I mean, and still getting used to the pace of the game. Must be. Yeah, yeah. he only six runs. So, I know, I know we've all got an awful lot of rugby to watch, but uh, if you do get a chance, watch some of those top league highlights because uh, some of the talent over there these days, uh, it's insane. It's just it's just dead set. Like each team has three all stars and then twelve blokes trying to like work a day job and play on the weekends. So of course the, the all stars just have a free for all. It's basically yeah. the NRL. There's all there's a couple of good guys in every team, and the other guys just try to work hard. That's about it. The, the player I was talking on again from there the other day was was uh, was Harry Hawkins. He is an absolute unit now. Um, we need that man back in our system. I want to see him have a crack. And I've, I've tweeted him many a time. He's not interested. Um, He's blocked you, doesn't uh, he? Probably. Probably. So our next segment, boys, players in focus. Harry, who is your player in focus for this week just past? Well, uh, mate, it's it's obviously the man of the week. I called it very early as well, considering it was only the second game of the entire weekend, but none other than Charlie Kale listed as a lock for those playing on fantasy rugby draft. If he wasn't picked up for round one, then your league is crazy and you need to get him immediately. But he scored two tries, made 14 of his 15 tackles, had 12 carries. But more importantly, I think he made three line-out steals in the first half when they threw to Justin Harrison about what was going wrong. He really intelligently just blamed... Uh, Nick Frost or said it was all Nick Frost's work that Charlie Cale was getting up in front of the ball and stole it three times. Um, so, you know, Nick Frost can do no wrong. And uh, and then Nelson? The impressive thing about that is um, Tom Hooper. It's, it's Tom Hooper's been seen as the guy who's supposed to diffuse lineouts and things like that. And it was Charlie Cale jumping up, stealing three in a row. He definitely stole more lineouts than three in that match as well. He was... Extremely impressive. I don't think I've seen someone, you know, get three in a row like that and make it look easy that I can remember, to be honest. That was very impressive. He's so incredibly athletic. It's insane. Like the other guy, he's, he, he probably needs to put a bit, bit more size on his frame for sure, um, but that will come at the cost of losing a bit of that pace and athleticism. I think, man, I think he's cool. about I think he's about 105 kg, so he's yeah. 5 kg short. You're not lying. Some of the other mm. um, number eights around. So he's not, yeah, he's really not that light. I don't care about the extra five kgs. Keep mobile. I think the thing is, you know, like, and, and to that point, his second try, which is, you know, obviously the talking point everyone's been discussing, where he kind of got the ball down the short side, put the, the uh, chip through, and then outpaced rugby sevens player Lockie Anderson and winger for the Melbourne Rebels to score in the corner. Like, that is unbelievable athleticism. So, you know, he's got a lot of talent um, in our league. He was the top fantasy scorer of the week with 90 points as well, which is pretty outrageous for a guy uh, on debut, wasn't he? Starting debut for an actual Super Rugby game. I think, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Not, not starting debut. I think he has started last year. but um, did he? Yeah, he did. But uh, yeah. Starting debut for 2024, Harry. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, but, no, he's super exciting, hey? And maybe it's just me that wants to see him put a bit more size on because I just want to see the damage he can do. Uh, he just looks lanky. I'm with you. Like, he doesn't look that solid, but I would um, think he'll end up putting three to five more kilos on just because he probably needs to to play test footy, to be honest. But yeah. you don't want to lose too much pace. Well, yeah, it's hard, just, hard to argue with that, that, that performance on the weekend, isn't it? You know, he was doing everything with that. that just way. go for the PSB's body. <laughs> yeah, that's Hit the pace in the dog. I think everyone said it's pretty hard to uh, replace Pete Samu. But if he's going to be playing like that, I mean, they're, they're not going to be too worried, which is, is, is a huge statement. But, geez, that was freakish. Um, and, and look, did you to... I was going to say it leads to an interesting conversation about, so they've opted to start the season with Bob Valentini in at six, Charlie Cale at eight, Tom Hooper in in the second row. Uh, they obviously still have Caden Neville, Darcy Swain, Nick Frost. They've got some quality second rowers. So I guess coming into the season, we all would have assumed Tom Hooper, who was the Wallabies number six last year, um, or, you know, rotating the jersey would be starting at seven for the Pumbies with Bobby Valentini at eight. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, it'd be hard to not select him in eight again after last week's performance, but um, to see ha- what they're thinking uh, I mean, in terms of the balance. The funny thing, boys, no one ever said Pete Samu wasn't big enough to play number eight, which he did many a times for them. And he was three kgs lighter and, and 10 centimetres shorter. So, I mean, it's, it's the height, I think, that makes him seem so small, so skinny. Yeah, and I think um, to your point, Kagi, about those positional changes, it's none other than Thupa that um, is probably going to suffer the most. I thought he was a lot quieter playing in the second row, just wasn't able to play his kind of big work rate 
uh, high tackles, high run meters, kind of trying to charge through the line. So I don't know if he can get that role going as a lock because obviously his duties are a little bit different, but I think we saw a lot less of him than I expected. And I, I thought it was probably that change in his role. I think so. And I think he was used a lot less in the line out because when you had Charlie Cale and Nick Frost, I mean, you're going to them first before before you go to him. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting to watch. Uh, but yeah, like we said, I think it'd be hard to not pick a Charlie Cale again next week. So uh, my player in focus, Kagi, can you see who that is? Can you read that name out for me? No, mate, you've got it. Uh, JRK, mate. That's a... Um, you spell uh, it? Jake, Jacob Radamadabuki Nipkins. Uh, I could yeah, spell yeah. it. No one's going to be that interested, but I've spoken it numerous times in the last week uh, <laughs> in my fantasy side. So, look, is he finally the answer to who's going to fill that 15 jersey for the Highlanders? Uh, it's since Ben Smith, you know, no one's nailed down that jersey. Um, Going straight so, out of an article that line, I feel. I was about to read that same article two days ago. I mean, I, I read that article today, and I read a different article that said it last week before I picked him in my fantasy side. Yeah, so, let's be careful. Surely, no one's likening him to Ben Smith yet. They're just let's like, just no not compare him to Ben Smith. Let's not do they're, that. Come on, they're, they're not. They're Come on, Nelson. Come on. So the the jersey has been vacant. No one's nailed it down, and. I mean, look, he, he's got some tougher challenges. It hasn't been making. Few people have played in that jersey for the record. Barely. Each week. Barely. Barely. Yeah. So, no, look, he, the tougher challenges are weight. Uh, he's got his old team, the Blues, this week. So that's going to be very different to Moana. Their kicking game's obviously a lot more solid um, with Perifetta and, and, and the like. So I, I think he's definitely going to have a lot more challenges. I, I highly doubt we're going to see the same performance against them. But, I mean, very, very good green shoots and signs for him very early. He was the second overall fantasy player with 87 points. He had 10 tackle busts. When you're making double-digit ta- double tackle busts, it's pretty impressive. He had 93 metres off uh, 11 runs, had two offloads, a line break, and he scored two tries himself. Very exciting. Uh, I, he, he felt like a player that was never really going to get his chance or, or really going to have to wait a long time uh, at, at the Blues. I think this is a really good move for him. I think it's a really good move for the Highlanders. And, I mean, if he performed like he did on the weekend, he could be one of the, the top signings in, in the last 12 months. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up because that's going to be pretty hard to do. Yeah, I think I think the greatest thing about him was he just really looked to like insert himself or like all over the shop. Uh, and I, I thought he could be at risk of kind of just falling at the wayside given that there's Nareki and Tavatavanawai <laughs> on the wings, but he did not let them get any ball and uh, it was going after it himself. So that was very, very exciting to see. Yeah, I don't know how I feel completely about that. But, uh, he definitely, I definitely went hunting. Actually, no, I, I don't love it. I've got Nareki too. <laughs> Give the oh. ball to Nareki. <laughs> yeah. Nelson seems to have gone all in on the Highlanders this year with his fantasy <laughs> side. Uh, interesting, so. interesting choice. They're, it's only up from playing Moana though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's why I thought I could just trade them all high value now. All right, so no one trade with Nelson this week, uh, and you'll be right. But um, Greg, tell us, tell us your player, mate. My player of the round uh, of interest of the round was um, sorry, player in focus for the round was well Antonio Wanga. Um, I think I got that right. Waka? It's I think it's Wanga. It's like, uh, but you can correct me. Um, he was a player we talked about in the preseason pod in the, a preview of one of the two players to watch from the Fiji and Drua this year. Um, and he so he had come off the bench a couple of times last year, uh, but a bit of a surprise this year. He's he started in the sixth jersey in the preseason games and in round one, and I thought he was absolutely fantastic. So similarly to Charlie Cale, if you're playing fantasy rugby draft, he is listed as a lock and uh, looks like they'll be using him as a back rower. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that he's the Miracle Failangi of uh, of this year. Uh, last year, of course, Miracle was listed as a lock. He's now been updated to a back rower. Uh, so you're going to say he uh, Miracle was the Miracle Failangi of last year. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Insightful. That's the exciting, insightful stuff you can expect from us. But, um, <laughs> but uh, on to Antonio Wanga. He was, um, look, he had a great game. He scored about 40 fantasy points, uh, three um, uh Tackle busts, uh, two, sorry, change the things, a couple of four offloads, I think it was. Six six from six tackle made, 
um, and two lineout steals. He looked really, really good in the lineouts. Um, and when he was just running around the field in general play, he kind of looks he's a little bit taller and maybe a little bit heavier, but he, he looks a lot like Yosef Omasi, just in the in his um, his athleticism. He's he's got some great speed on him and the way he was moving around. So. Um, he, he was someone that they really looked to get up and attack the lineouts. Uh, and he just, like Miracle Firelangi, kind of, you found him a lot on the peripherals uh, and always keen to offload. So he's someone who I thought looked really exciting for the Drua. And I could see him um, holding that six jersey out uh, for some time. Obviously, they will have some players returning with Salawa, but it looks like they really kind of like this balance they've got with Darren Alangi, the captain at eight, Kanakavata at seven, and um, Wanga. There, there at six. So he was my player of the round and player to watch. Yes. Um, personally, Kagi, oh, I think he was good, but you mm. thinking him, he looked like Marcy. I think you looked at Marcy and thought it was Wanga. So <laughs> you're very excited by him. Uh, so he, he's definitely got some competition in that six jersey, some really, really good players coming mm. back. Um, I mean, we know Mira Mira plays both sides as well. I think we all would have assumed it would be Miramira starting with Salawa out, um, but uh, it's been surprising to see Wanga um, in there. And he's, he's just come off the season with the, the steamers, the Bay of Plenty um, in the NPC, and um, he's looking really good. I was um, I was hugely impressed by Kanata Bata as well, the seven. I just thought he was he was potentially their best player to me. I thought he was unbelievable. He, he was also very good. Um, so... He'll he'll be relishing the chance here to make this jersey his own with uh, Salawa out, the youngster. Mm. All right. Um, so those were our players in focus, the players that we really liked from Super Rugby Pacific Round 1. Um, let's talk about some other players and just kind of around the ground. So some players that perhaps didn't fire as we would have expected in Round 1 um, and those players you might not have heard of, kind of some positional, like people competing for jerseys that surprised us. Nels, do you want to talk to, to us about Jordi Villon? Villon. Too, mate. Um, around the ground, great name. Better than what you had before. Other people or something. I don't know what you had. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to me and Harry. We got a good name there. Um, yeah, look, I think we're all a little surprised. TJ Perinara, we knew, wasn't going to be rushed back. Um, but Cam Roygaard was the name we were all expecting to see in the nine jersey. Jordi Villuin had a, a, a crack, and he had a very good crack. The only thing I don't like about him is that rat's tail. Um, but he looked nippy. He looked like a live wire. And was, was a really exciting player um, for, for the Canes on the weekend. His dad and his granddad played for South Africa as well. Both He's definitely South hot. African with the name Villuin. Um, he's, he's born in South Africa as well. So this is something that pains somehow to do. Somehow they, they just get South African-born players. But they're well, the only club in New Zealand that do that. I think his old man had also played for the Hurricanes or something. I think they did move. Over. Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, but the other one, interesting one for mine was uh, he also pushed out, I don't know if he was injured or not, but the Hurricanes also have Richard Judd, who's also a fantastic <laughs> yeah. halfback, um, particularly in the NPC, has been pushing at the top level of that for some years. So... He, he must be injured or something, or otherwise Jordi Villon's had a hell of a preseason um, to usurp him as well. Yeah, 100%. You'd, you'd hope that, I mean, it's off the, the fact they wanted to give him a track and he, in, a crack and he's earned it. Um, the the force, you know, there's no resting players. Force, you know, aren't necessarily going to be this this easy beat where they're going to be chucking random players in. They, I think they just generally wanted to give him a crack um, early on the year, because obviously Cam Roygaard's going to get a fair bit of time, um, and TJ Perinara is going to be, you know, in and around fighting it. So they thought, why not give Jordi Villuan a, a run early? And uh, it was good to see he did very, very well. They've got a lot of depth at halfback. Uh, yeah, can nice. confirm Richard Judd injured a bicep in training on the Wednesday before, uh, two weeks before the tournament. By the way. Oh, look at that. Harry does not let any injuries slide. You mention something to him, he'll get that information to you, and of course. You can check the casualty ward. Uh, and thank you to all those people who signed up. So you'll notice that we moved DriveRobby.com over to a Substack account. Um, so there is the blog that's there. All of our podcasts get, uh, get posted up there as well. I think the YouTube videos are coming. To, we'll add them um, up in that feed if they're not already. But uh, the casualty ward, you can sign up uh, to receive that as an, uh, an email as soon as Harry's updated and posted it for the week. Um, which is thank you to awesome. those that have donated as well. Very generous, and we do encourage donations. 
they will Harry go directly to us to spend on things. And they stuff. are not donations. They are payments for this work that we are providing. They're not donations. Support. We work very hard for this, Harry. They're supporting. Yeah, I don't. I don't accept that because I. I just can't accept the hourly rate that that would equate to. So <laughs> I'm going to take it as a donation. This has been the most a dollar every fifty hours. To our patrons, okay. but, uh, but but thank you. <laughs> Oh, um, Harry, do you want to take us through um, a player of a lot of interest to you? But uh, Levi Almu and uh, Timothy Tavatavanawai was suggesting some false starts or quiet starts. Oh, I thought it was you were calling him Tavatavanawai, the false start. Um, no, look, I think both of them. We, we've talked in the past about the fact that most teams take about, well, most players take about three years to get fully into their straps at a new club. And the expectation was so high on both Levi Amoa and Tavatavanawai going to, I guess, what you would see as stronger clubs to just go in and kind of blow people out of the water. And I think both players suffered from the same thing, and that is that they just weren't sure how to get themselves involved in the team. Um, big big issue for Levi Amoa was how the outside centre – oh, sorry, the – in the yeah, the outside center doesn't get given the ball like it, it never got that wide and it was it was odd Maka Springer didn't get the ball Sebu Reese didn't get the ball like they they basically played a ten man game of footy for the bulk of the the um the game so you know there's big issues I think there and how the Crusaders actually use their back line where they really struggled but um, in the Highland as the ball was going wide it just didn't really get to Tavern Tavern wide at all so. You know, Jacob Radamatavuki Neepkins, he's got a lot to answer for, in my opinion, with uh, Tavatava sitting in my fantasy team. But I'm hoping they work that out. And it's just teething issues for both of those players because they're obviously so good to watch when ball is in hand for both of them. Yeah, I think we talked about it again in our pre-season preview, just about how would they fare um, when the entire team's game plan isn't just give them the ball, mm. despite us all agreeing that even though the Crusaders and Highlanders are quality sides, they should still stick with that game plan and just give <laughs> them both the ball. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. I think with Almu and the Crusaders, you know, it could be a case of quite a few new players into that system. So particularly with a, a new pivot, uh, you know, some young 10s in there. Um, but, yeah, it will be interesting to see I how that I think they just evolves. need time. They just need time, boys. Like, I mean, it's their first crack with those blokes around them. It'd be very impressive for them to turn up and do what uh, my my boy Radamadavuki Nipkins done. Uh, not, not everyone is that much class. <laughs> Nels is always humble, humble as always. Um, and look, the thing I loved about watching that was the atmosphere in the zoo. Again, I've I've always wanted to, and I will at some stage get to a game at uh, to Dunedin, go to the zoo. But um, they won't accept uh, you, mate. I I loved the crowd. They're still chanting the Waseki Naholo years later. So good. And I was so thinking that Nawai fits into that pretty well. Yeah, I was thinking surely. Can you do it for me, Harry? Tava Tava Nawai. Sucks. Sucks. Don't do it. I think we're gonna be waiting forever if you think that's happening, boys. That is it doesn't have the ring to it. I would keep chanting Waseki Naholo. Why not? All right. Well, it's good that they all listen to this podcast. Um, yes. Yeah, other players around the ground. Uh, Robbie Leota, captain of the Rebels. Uh, <laughs> packing down, I believe, for the first time, starting at least in the number eight jersey. Um, I think he looked really, really good. So, of course, he was out the entire of last year um, with injury and then did make a return to feature quite a lot for the Wallabies. Uh, but he, uh, I thought he looked really, really good in that number eight jersey. Uh, and particularly... Uh, I don't want to give a spoiler to one of our rants in, in our dessert, but um, he did pick up the ball off the back of a, a, a scrum and score a try like really convincingly, like you know how you'd see Hoskins or Tutu or some of the really good aides do it um, in my eyes. So I thought there was only really two players in the in the Rebels that were actually getting gain line, and it was none other than Taniela Tupo and Bobby Leota. So um, he was someone I looked really looked forward to watching. And yes, he is in my fantasy team. So. I, think, I thought it looked solid. It, you know, I think for a long time we've been saying we we're waiting to see some consistent footy for him. And I think you're right. Like, he looks damaging with ball in hand. But I still think he had ups and downs in that game. Like, for a bloke that's been a second-year captain, I'm, I'm not completely convinced yet. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely uh, some bright points there for him and, and a lot to work on. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, he got almost 50 points, and that's without the the 20 from the, the disallowed try. So um, yeah. it would have been right up there but um yep nels do you want to talk talk about uh the crusaders outside backs 
Yeah, we, we saw a few new people come in. We were umming and ahhing who was going to take that full rack jersey after the, the injury to Will Jordan, as well as um, who's the Welsh fight that's gone across? Halfpenny. Halfpenny. Uh, yeah, we were wondering who was going to fill that jersey. And the first man to have a crack was Che Fihaki. Uh, Maka Springer was also another guy that's name was sort of thrown out there and maybe filling that role. He filled the wing role instead. Club blokes like Matayeli. Um, so pretty, pretty impressive for those two guys to get a crack at those jerseys. And and Chay Fiaki really, I think, you know, took the the bull by the bulls. Is that the saying? Bull by the horns? Um, and he really gave it a fair crack, I think, for them. Uh, we didn't get to see a lot of Maka Springer. He's he's in some good form, apparently, through the preseason. I think he's got a very, you know, a very Strong likelihood that he's going to nail down that that jersey, and they're going to give him a good chance to to do it. But Chafiaki was the guy that really stood out, I think, through through this week. Yeah, Harry, how do you find Chafiaki and Marcus Springer? Uh, look, I don't think either really got much opportunity. As I said, I don't think the ball got out there very much at all. I think Fayaki benefited from being in the right place at the right time a couple of times and really took his opportunities well. But I really don't think that we saw enough from either in this game to think that they're going to consistently make game-changing plays. But um, I do think the one highlight was that Chafiaki, the inside ball to him off the, uh, I think it was the side of a ruck where they cut it back inside, um, and he scored that try there. So that was the highlight for me. But obviously high hopes for both of those guys to have big seasons considering they'll probably get big minutes. Very good. Um, yeah, and look, we had one more thing, uh, which I think we're just starting whether to talk about it or not, but I think it's worthwhile. I think the fans will listen, want to hear about it. Um, the Hurricanes, the long-awaited uh, Kenny Naholo versus Ray Arce in that um, 11 wing. Now, mm. even as a Kenny Naholo fantasy owner, I think it's absurd that Celeste Riasi isn't starting every week in that 11 jersey. He's just probably one of the most dangerous outside backs in the competition. Uh, and it's just one of these things that's always interest, like, in, interested me. I don't know why they seem to have always either not played Riasi, put him off the bench or whatever. Do you, have we got any further ideas or thoughts on that? There's, there's got to be something. There's got to be something there that maybe we don't know, um, uh, whether it be training, some, something there where he's not the, the guy that's putting his hand up. But on the field, I mean, shit, how do you not pick him? Ray Arce is is a phenomenal player. Um, I think, yeah, I, it, it, I find it quite tough. Throughout last Super Rugby, he was really, really dynamic and a really, really strong player for them. Um, but maybe he could have more involvement. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Yep. Harry, anything to add? No, I think he nailed it on the head. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to move can I, to... Can I give you one more quick player? Oh, yeah, you can. Reese Patchell, I thought, had a very good debut for the Highlanders. And the one moment I wanted to talk about was his long ball. I think it was to Radamatavuki Nathans, where he just kind of, like, he had it in his chest. He didn't even wind up. He just kind of pumped and threw this long, long cutout ball, this flat cutout ball that got to the outside of the defender. It was just a thing of beauty. Like, I know he's good. He's played a lot of tests for Wales, but it was... Absolutely stunning, and it's it's exciting to see the amount of some quality three outside backs uh, on the back of his pass. I think you're pretty bang on. I, I think he showed he's not only like a composed ten, but that he has you know can play some attacking footy, and I think he's kind of feeling encouraged to do that in Super Rugby as well. So it's, <laughs> he's getting a little bit of lease lease of life. So yeah, he's I think he's certainly someone to watch, um, and will enable that Hurricanes team. So yeah, yeah, good call out. All right, on to this week's segment. Something excited me, props at pace. Um, a few of these were particularly from the first game of the round, which was the Crusaders and the Chiefs. Always love seeing a big man up front finding themselves in space. Sometimes, Dougie. yep. Harry and I are just going to mute ourselves and give you five <laughs> minutes, all right? That's it. You, you guys got to get some water if you want. Um, just, you know, come back when uh, once I'm done. No. Um, Look, there were some really great prop runs on the weekend. Uh, in that first game, we had Ruben O'Neill's big break, um, and he's just one of those classic front rowers that, you know, his head was on an absolute swivel and that kind of perplexed face as what to do now. Uh, just never found himself in that much space in his life. And so, I mean, he did run a good something like 40 metres. You know, by the time he got back to the change room, it was probably, he was telling everyone it was 80 metres, but um, it was a good 40 metres down the field. And uh, there's just nothing better than, there's not much better than seeing that. Um 
but he was then to be outdone by none other than Tamati Williams for the Crusaders in the second half. And uh, now he was a big man that looked like he did know what he was doing in uh, in space. In, and uh, and not only that, for 145-something kilo unit, he had some absolute pace on him, uh, but so much pace that, in fact, his hamstrings couldn't keep up with him and he has severely torn his hamstring. Uh, and that was uh, a little bit sad to see. But is there anything better than seeing such a big unit at such full pace in space? Can Can we be honest? I don't think there is. Yeah, um, I think there is. Um, it's pretty good. I still remember Sakopi <laughs> Kepu's line break and try for the Waratahs where he ran a long distance. Like, what about Matt Dunning? Those, yeah, these moments, Matt Dunning's intercepts, like they do stick with you. I've got to say, they stand out like dogs' balls. Um, quite of the day if you've been watching Stan's Harry, documentary. We we just said balls twice in this podcast. Can we turn it down? Yeah, come on, guys, Jesus. Um, one one balls allowed. That's it. And uh, look, in terms of other prop chart, um, I could go on forever, but just the things, other things that excited me, particularly as an Aussie fan, seeing um, Taniela Tupo back um, and he was just epic. Uh, he was all over the shop, lots of big runs. Every single, like, every single run he is making massive ad line and he proved in classic Taniela Tupo form that the only person that can injure Taniela Tupo is Taniela Tupo by kind of landing a little bit weirdly on his hand. Um, although he just kept kept playing played on and um and was it was really really good to see him back anyway even though it felt really weird seeing him in a rebels jersey he um, was just flicking offloads with his other hand he wasn't using that hand he, well, he literally threw like after hurting his hand through two offloads using I, his other hand like he was purposely avoiding it i know i was actually pretty happy for him to um to have an injured hand so that it meant he couldn't offload anymore and he had to run every time but uh no he proved that wrong by um still still throwing lots of offloads um and otherwise it was really good to see in the similar vein um big belly back angus bell for the tars um he was making some of those good runs and uh you know we saw him being injured a lot last year so uh thoroughly enjoyed him as a tars fan um, we're still really we're still waiting on big alan alatoa can't wait to see alan back as well because yeah, he's had a he's had a tough few months. How how far off is he, Harry? Probably a while off still. Uh, yeah, he he is a while off. Uh, expected back, I think like March, April would be nine months. So yeah, you know, sometime that six just... months, he, he's not going to be six months. Yeah. It's going to be eight nine months, I would think. So March, April. Of, of course, yeah, Alan, both, both friend and uh, guest of the pod. Uh, I think maybe we need to get more props on. That's that's what we really need to do for this podcast. We need to get. We've had a couple to go together as well. We've, we've done all right. <laughs> Very if, good. Yeah, oh, any prop that makes a line break, we'll invite on. That's it. Done. That's it. Yeah. Well, look, Tom Hardy Williams might have a couple of weeks now. He's got some spare time, so we'll see yeah. if we can get him on. Get him on the buzzer, and then see if we can get him to um, somehow change his allegiance and come play for the Wallabies as well. Um, In three years. But, <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was good. That was our main course. Let's um, let's get into dessert. What's it gonna do with that desserto? Dessert. We're going to talk about some rocks and rants. Um, so, just a, I guess a couple of things that happened over the weekend that we found either really interesting or the boys want to have a rant about. Um, so, who's who's putting their hand up first? Nelson, you've thrown me the whole podcast because you're. Your background picture, of course, which you can find us on YouTube, is of uh, Charlie Gamble holding up a phone. And so every time I look, I think Nelson's holding up a phone to show us something. He's uh, it's it's a great stitch up actually. But um, but Nelson, uh, what was your what's your your ruck or rant about this week? Uh, my, my rant, I don't I don't love the choice of word rant about it, but because it is important. But my my rant is about, an outburst. Uh, Give me an outburst as well. Yeah. It's neither. It's neither. It's it's about the uh, mouth guards for concussion. Um, I don't know if you've well, just heard. You don't that. want any mouth guards? You would see see your way with mouth guards completely. Is that is that your medical advice here, Nelson? Is it? I love. I, mean, I love the safety. Um, look, World Rugby. I think put three million dollars into the research behind these. Uh, excuse my pun. There's a bit of teething issues. Uh, I think in 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 round one, just because people don't know what to expect. Um, but I mean, uh, the, the forces that they're talking about that, that are getting people checked for HIA are, are pretty high, you know, like there was a few throughout the weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure they've got the mouth guards. Is that correct at Six Nations as well, boys? No, no, I'm not interested in Northern Hemisphere footy. I, yeah, I was going to say that. It's not really they, they, 
they just don't tackle hard enough, so they're not getting anyone um, getting pulled off. There's never been one. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the first trial that they've actually had for them. Um, but, yeah, no, look, I, I, there's, there's a bit of teething issues. I, I think, really, we probably need to have a, a bit of an explanation from someone around what the forces are, what the impacts are, and a little bit about the, the research and the understanding behind it. We saw Anton Leonard Brown come off looking very confused. I think he's come out and, and now said that, you know, it turns out the the knock was, you know, a fair amount of time before he got pulled off the field. That's why he was so confused because nothing had happened just prior to it. So but I think we just need a little bit more exp- explanation so that people aren't kind of jumping to conclusions that there's something wrong with this because it, it is an important step quite potentially in, in our game for, for safety. So it would be good. Maybe we try to get progressive rugby on or someone from Super Rugby, someone on to, to have a little bit of a chat through it. What do you always think? Yeah, I think that sounds like a good idea. I think the problem was, you know, two, twofold. Number one, as you kind of alluded to, I think it's terrible that something that can have such a big impact on the game and be so unnoticed by the public was never properly explained and discussed in the preseason. Like, if they just said, hey, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it, this is what you can expect to see, then I think at least people would have been prepped for it. And then on top of that, not only were we not prepped, but in the very first game, you had both Quinton Strange and Anton Leonard Brown taken off for hits where both of them were kind of going, what? Like, what? there was there was nothing. Like, why, why am I being looked at? And as you said, I think they've just got to recalibrate from the Northern Hemisphere contacts where things are a little bit softer. Um, but they did it. Apparently, the creators of the mouth guard have said that it will take a little bit of time to try and get it right and to kind of bear with them while they go through that. I guess my only argument again there is why are we trying to get it right in Super Rugby? You know, you can go to some like uh, yeah, maybe semi-professional footy somewhere around the world and do it there. Rather they are doing that. They're doing six at this level. They are doing six nations. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's semi-professional it. rugby, like you said, like that's that's where you want to learn. Sick burn. <laughs> oh, how good. Um, yeah, look, I, I think we will reach out the and get world, some, eh? some of a chat on it in the next couple of weeks. So I think that's a good idea. But, um, Harry, I'm going to pass the torch over to you. What is your ruck or rant for the, the weekend? Ruck this or what's your rant? What do you give uh, a ruck about? Uh, this is It's going to be more uh, an outburst. Um, and it's about the conversions. Um, we obviously saw one with Para Franchise. We saw one with Garbisi in the Six Nations. I said I never watched this stuff, but I I do. Um, so Garbisi had a Very chance good. to beat to beat France, or that Italy had a chance to beat France in the 81st minute penalty, more or less in front, like a very easy kick. And he's obviously got his timer running to try and kick it. And then as he basically was setting himself up to kick the penalty, the ball fell off the tee. And as a result, France ran at him or a couple of the players ran at him, then realised, no, we can't do that because it's a penalty, not a conversion. He had to quickly set it up. Then he had six seconds to kick it. And I guess the argument or the question on everyone's lips is uh, similar to pair of franchise where it fell off and then the players could just run through and, and take the ball. Two situations here. When the ball falls off the tee, does that have to count as a a, uh, a start of your running mechanism in pair of franchises set up? And, you know, I don't think anyone can purposely do it to make, waste time. So to me, it doesn't make any sense to call at the start of your, your run-up. And then secondly, um, with the penalty conversion attempt there, where why would you penalise someone for being unlucky having a ball fall off a tee? Like, it just it doesn't no, really I- make any sense to me, to be honest with you. Neither... Neither one does. I think the, the most logical thing is if the ball falls off, you give them another 20 seconds so they have time to set it up and kick it. No, look, I'm, I'm more of a fan of we, we were trying to set hard and, hard and fast time regulations around kicks and things so they don't take too long. The, the bounce of the ball doesn't always work your way, and, and it can happen in, in situations like a kick. And we have seen people where the ball's fallen off, fallen off, they've run and picked it up and done a drop kick, and it's been brilliant and entertaining. So, I mean, really, I, I don't think the ball falling off should be the start of your run-up, but if you've already started your run-up, then, I mean, it, it's play on in, in my my eyes. Yeah, if, you, um, if you're running into the ball, that's fine, but neither situation was that the case. Well, the, the Northern Hemisphere one, they didn't run up. They just had nine seconds left. The, yeah, the, the pair of franchise one, I think he might have taken a step towards it. He had it. taken a step. Yeah, which is yeah, why... I think, I think he had taken a step. Drua, it, was, it was absolutely massive credit to the Drua who was smart enough to run up and just grab the ball and null and void that that uh, conversion mm-hmm. because 
Um, I think so. what I think one of the issues around it was very smart by the Ndrua, but when you look at the the Italy one, that was a penalty, and you saw a bunch of French players run forward and move forward to go try to grab the ball. That makes no sense at all. They didn't, a, they didn't grab the ball, yeah, but like they, 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 they aren't allowed to move forward. So technically, if we're saying yeah. that the the players, yeah, the, the ball's still alive as a penalty kick at goal, and he's now going to rush. I, yeah, I that's a re-kick. He should have had a, a re-kick because they are not allowed to move forward and they moved within 10 metres and ran. So I, I think that was a, a mistake and hopefully we don't see it. But the Parafetta one, if he's taken a step, I think that's that's the rules. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I'm kind of with Nelsie. I've got two things about this. One is get better tees uh, is number mm. one. And number two is... Um, I think I like the time limit. I like the time of being brought in. We need to do as, me- as much as possible to speed up the game um, because if for mine, that's what increases entertainment. Is I just want to see the players getting more and more tired so that there's more gaps on the field um, because that's that's what this product needs to to continue growing as, as far as I think. So, yeah, that was a good good one, good rock and rant. Um, I'm going to take me to my uh, outburst and rant uh, for the weekend, which was... Um, it's about tries being disallowed. Uh, just, you know, hashtag let the boys play. Um, so <laughs> a big one for mine was uh, Rob Leota, um, his try being disallowed. Of course it was. It, uh, no bias here just because uh, he's my fantasy player. But, no, he, um, you know, took took the ball to the back of the scrum, scored a try, uh, and it was disallowed because the blindside flanker, Violini Ekuasi, was, you know, a bit of the dark arts, a bit of jersey pulling uh, Tom Hooper as he was breaking off the scrum. Uh, he did carry on with it a bit. Realistically, I don't think anyone would say Tom Hooper was a chance of making a tackle there and stopping that uh, that try. Um, so for, for mine in, in that instance, because that was the case, you know, personally, I think, I think it would be nice to let the Rebels score their only try of the game, give them something at home in Melbourne. Personally, I think um, the dark arts there is he, he just stuffed up. I mean, if he, if he did that first grab, that slowed him up. wasn't super obvious because he's not trying to get away as he's getting pulled up. So, look, personally, I think it's on Ekawasi. You see that one shirt grab was one of my favourite things I ever tried to do in a rugby field, those dodgy little things like that. But if you play on like that, that's not smart by Ekawasi. That's not dark arts. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be he's gonna be punished for it, and, and that's sadly what happened. Yeah, I'm with you. He just stuffed it up. We've got to sell that better and pick your moment a bit better. And the other one, of course, was... Um, a credit to Rob Liotta for scoring a try, like you said, when no one was allowed to tackle him because they were all held off the tackle. So, yeah, very, very well done, mate. I can well see that was your highlight for Rob Liotta. So. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, I mean, and just, just for clarity, Gargi, if that try happened, you still would have lost and been the only person to lose your fantasy matchup this week. Oh, no, so that, that's that's why I'm hoping I'm hoping that that fact is meaning that I'm I'm not all that just biased. And I just thought it kind of like sucked some of the energy out of the game. You know, I feel like there's there's some degree of subjective refereeing where it's just like, you know, what the ball. Mate, like. Fourteen fans turning up when it's a make or break season that sucked energy out of the out of the game. I'll tell you that. that. That did, um, indeed. But yeah. no, look, the, the other one that was similar, um, which uh, I think I'd remember more wrongly than, uh, than you two, but was um, Jorgensen's early tackle on Jordi Pattaya um, in the Tars game, um, which was then a yellow card and penalty try. How did, I mean, how did you guys see that? Perfect call, like correct call, just super harsh. Um, no problem at all with the call. The only thing I would say is I'm, I don't think I've ever seen, or I can't remember seeing a ref ask, can you just slow that down and see if the tackle was just before the ball was in the hand? Like, I think there's always been the assumption that the ball was pretty much in the hand. Like, we don't need to go to a frame by frame to see the timing. Um, So I I think it was more, it was an odd question to ask. And I think it was a secondary question to see, you know, we've got to check if he's offside. So while we're there, maybe check that. So, you know, no no problem with it. It was the correct call. Um, it was a massive momentum swinger. But I don't know that that's really, you know, the, the punishment I feel doesn't fit the crime. Like, you know, a one or two frame early tackle, penalty try, yellow card, game momentum very much gone for the, the Waratahs. Like, that's a, it's a tough, tough penalty, but technically correct. I think anyone not wearing a uh, sky blue or a Queensland Reds jersey, write in to tell us how you feel because uh, we're probably uh, wearing our, our sky blue glasses um, and the Queenslanders would but, tell you the opposite. I think the tricky thing is 
if you're going to give it a penalty try, you have to give it a yellow card. That's the law. You know, like it, it's a it's a professional foul stopping a try. You know, it was always going to be both or neither. But it's such a fine call. There needs to be some grey area. As Harry said, if you slow down frame by frame and we do that enough in the match, we're going to get a lot of calls that are going to change if we start looking at things that precisely. Uh, I think there needs to be a point where we are looking at things at real speed or close to real speed. You know, it's not it wasn't cynical, something really severely dangerous happening, anything like that. Um, so f- for me... I think we're probably over policing some stuff, but again, maybe it is the sky blue lenses that I'm that I'm wearing. But look, I, it's not. It wasn't the wrong call. Uh, I think it's just it's very tough, very tough to to have a a player sitting out for ten minutes and a try happening. You know, if if they just gave the try, you'd kind of go, yeah, look, he didn't do anything cynical, but it probably would have been a try. So yeah, fair enough, try. I think everyone would swallow that pill quite easily. Yep, awesome. And um, look, does anyone have anything further to bring up? Otherwise, I think we're all feeling a little little lost that we've um, ha- managed to finish an episode so quickly. It's probably still an hour or so. I don't even know how long it is. But, hour, uh, I, don't know. but look, I, I, I think for me, the, the the thing I wanted to say is, look, this is a new pod for us. I, I've definitely enjoyed it, boys. Um, hopefully one of our seven listeners, maybe you can, you can send in a, a, a message to us and let us know what you think. I think there's a lot of podcasts out there reviewing, previewing, and doing very similar stuff and doing it better than us. You know, they've got people that aren't Kagi on their podcast, so they're doing it better than us. So we were trying to do something slightly different, and it's fun for us, so hopefully it's fun for the listeners. I, I wanted to thank our sponsors, guys, for anyone watching on YouTube as well. Like you, You'll obviously see it's pretty obvious the three sponsors that we've got. Points Bet, first and foremost, so thank you for your support. Um, the, the, the Chiefs Cuts... Um, Hamilton Haircuts, thank you very much for all the hard work you do making mullets and Wellington Draft Beer as well. Thank you. And obviously that's why we've got our three images backgrounds on uh, YouTube as well. So thank you for the support. We couldn't have funded this without the three of you. And it's why we we all own property in Sydney. So thank you to the three of you. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one more thing to throw up, boys, and this is a bit of a, maybe homework and, and prep for, for next week. Um, you guys were touching on the Waseki Naholo chant. You guys, uh, you know, we've seen the zombie chant at the World Cup from Ireland. Uh, I was having a little think on the weekend, you know, the Rebels want people to turn up, Super Rugby wants people to turn up. If if people turn up and chant and have fun, it makes it more entertaining and we have more people turn up. We need a chant at Australian rugby level, if not at Waratahs and stuff, boys. Let's start thinking of some some Aussie classics. Maybe people can write in and come up with some ideas. Um, probably not Taylor Swift. Maybe let's go Australian uh, Australian anthems and ballads and things like that. Because if we can get a fun song to sing along, mate, I'll I'll sneak a backpack in with a you know a a big uh, what's it called microphone microphone things whatever those big things are and uh, chant this stuff out in the mega stadium phone? or maybe yeah that's the one macro <laughs> macro mega same diff. Um, what about like land that is? I've just thought of this. You know the song "Land Down Under." I come from the land down under. What about like rebels rugby ain't going under? Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't hate it. I really don't That's hate it. Uh, I was going to say it's going under, but yep. I don't hate it. Hopefully now, it doesn't go under. Work on that in collaboration with both ChatGPT and uh, maybe on on getting some lyrics out there on Twitter, getting people to vote on them. But that's a good shout. Um, now you guys have kind of beaten me too. The, the wrap up here of uh, of the week's episode, but we will all be heading down to Super Rugby Super Round uh, next weekend down in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully there's a massive crowd down. It was a lot of fun last year, uh, and you know, reach out to us. It'd be great to grab a beer, and um, you know, we'll all be there for for all the games. I think on the- that Frags, yeah, on that. Um, just so everybody knows. What does everyone drink? Oh, like I can't have gluten free. Uh, I can't have gluten, so I'll take ciders if anyone's to share us a drink. Harry, Harry, what do you drink? Alcohol. Yeah, any any anything <laughs> everything. So please bring us everything. Um, the more gluten, the better. Uh, this is a gluten <laughs> podcast. Um, but no, uh, no, please get after us. We're hoping. So we had a new segment, you know, today. Um, the props at pace. We're thinking maybe after Super Round, we might uh, have some, a, a new segment called Sideline Stories. Some shenanigans. Yeah, I think we had a lot of new segments. I think we had a lot of new segments. Every, every segment was new, but we did. No, please, please, uh, please tweet uh, and get after us on the socials um, how you found the new format. Um, we're just, like we said, trialing something new, trying to freshen it up. There's now a lot more rugby podcasts out there. 
uh, back when we started. I think we were the only one, really, or it was one or two. So um, I just want to say one more thing, guys. Like, please tweet us and let me know if you like the new segments because we're trying to do something new. I just wanted to say I one said that. Thing. <laughs> I said it like four times, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we had right. some new segments. We had some new segments, though. So, so did, we, did we mention that we had some new segments? And, um, <laughs> All right, boys. And that we want people to tweet at us. And well. I need Go that on. little like image of your head on this podcast to get smaller and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. All right. Appreciate the listen, boys. Uh, who, who... Farewell and catch you at Super Round. There you are.